And what's going on, guys? And welcome to the Benches Cleared Podcast, where we cover the best rivalry in all of sports. And I am Jesse Gutierrez. I represent the side of the San Francisco Giants, who win an underwhelming two and three to start the I'm, season. I'm Tyler Coe, and I represent the Los Angeles Dodgers, who have started three and two, but you know what? We beat the Astros. There was a little bit of emotion tonight, so... I'm okay. I'm not as disappointed as I was before the Astros game. But like I said, the Giants are going to compete for a wild card spot because they play the Dodgers well. We ended because, up splitting the series. Because they won it, two games, so they're clearly competing for a wild card spot. So it's it's easier to to beat the Dodgers than it is to, to beat the Padres I'm, and Diamondbacks. I'm, ju- I'm just saying. I'm, I mean, you lost to the Padres tonight, so. <laughs> That's one. That's one. Shark didn't look good. O- offense, I mean, AT&T Park, three runs at uh, – uh, three runs at AT&T or Oracle Park is not – it's like five runs anywhere else. So, um, I mean, it's just – Shark didn't look good. He he, he was uh, all over the place. He wasn't getting called his corners because that was the only time he was hitting the strike zone. So, hopefully he's able to pick it up and we can, you know, get going on this shit. Um, but just to touch a little bit on the Dodgers series really quick, got to give big ups to uh, Caitlin Bargar. Um, first win, fucking just looked amazing. The bullpen is looking good. Um, you know, Tyler Rogers, someone that I've really been big on that kind of, if, if you look at the stat line, got hammered in the Dodgers series, but not really if you're watching the games, because it was yeah. like the shift fucking killed him, dude. Yeah. Like it was just ground balls and holes because there's no one on the side. Like when it's Tyler Rogers, he's going to get ground balls. Just pe- put people where they're supposed to be. Okay. And he'll be fine. I don't think that's going to happen anymore. I think, I think <laughs> those, days are, those days are long <laughs> gone, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, the the series, it was just exciting to have baseball back. And, <clears throat> you know, it was a little underwhelming uh, going two and two. Whereas for you, it was nice. But for, for Dodger yes. fans, from our perspective, it it was a little disappointing. But, I mean, there were bright spots. Dustin May looked great. And now he's going up against the Astros tomorrow. So that that's a nice little confidence boost. Yeah. Um, but, you I think know, Joe Kelly goes after uh, after them again if they're up 5-1 again. I don't know. I don't. I think because he pitched so. tonight, I don't think he's going to pitch tomorrow. But you know, I mean, let's just let's just jump into that because it's fresh on the mind. That was Real, great. Yeah, that that, that was just awesome. made me me feel so good. And the you know what he said to Carlos looked like he said you have to cheat to hit, and then you know mix it with some yeah some fuck yous and yeah. I heard I heard shut the I, I saw shut the fuck up. I couldn't I couldn't read anything else. Well, this all started from Michael Brantley. Michael Brantley was the one. I mean, Joe Kelly probably threw about six knockdown pitches tonight. I mean, he threw mm. over Bregman's head on a 3-0, which was great. That, he oh, threw, yeah. He threw over Brantley. And then when Brantley grounded out, he went to cover first, and Brantley stepped on his foot. And Joe Kelly was kind of missing the bag. So it's not like Brantley intentionally did it. And you could hear yeah. clear as day Brantley say, get the fuck back on the mound or stay the fuck on the mound to joe kelly so that's where this kind of started yeah because brantley wasn't there so he he was trying to have his guys back you i mean as brantley you got to do that right and and, you know as a lot of people are pointing out joe kelly was a part of the red sox in 2017 who lost to the astros in the nlds that's true so he was affected by it too yeah yeah it's not like he doesn't have you know a horse in the race in this one so it was fun i mean seeing the benches clear they Subtle plug. Uh, uh-huh. They they kept their distance, so you know it wasn't as exciting as maybe it could be, but it was still enough to get the you know the juices flowing. So I'm super excited Definitely. for tomorrow's game. You know we'll see what happens. Yeah, I I, I hope that they're up um, six runs and they and they just put Joe Kelly in for one batter because he's going to get thrown out. Be like, hey, who who are you guys playing? Uh, what's your next series after the Astros? Diamondbacks. You don't need fucking Joe Kelly. Let him get suspended for three games. Let him throw ninety nine to the uh, to the ribs of Korea. Uh, that's probably why he, they didn't hit him. I, I think he they, maybe they. I mean, as we've seen uh, in this offseason, Joe Kelly is not one for control. But I, I I feel like maybe he threw it over them to be like, hey, I'm not trying to get kicked out, but at the same time, fuck you. Let me let me let me. I just want to see a little pee come out you a little bit yeah. uh, while those, you're in the box. One of those was like an eighty six mile an hour curveball. If he's going to hit you, he's going to throw a 99-mile-an-hour fastball. He's going to make it hurt. He's not going to. Yeah. So we'll see. Tomorrow's going to be exciting. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, 
something that happened last week that I, I just want to address really quick uh, before we get into our interview, which I'm really excited about. But happened last week. Uh, Sam Coonrod uh, chose not to kneel before the anthem and um, a sign of uh, a symbolism saying everyone's together uh, that, you know, things need to change socially for black, li- black lives need to matter. And his excuse was first that they were, that first of all, he said that he was a Christian and he can't kneel um, before God, but anyone but God. Um, and black lives matter organization has leaned toward Marxism, whatever. Um, the, the Marxism thing, I feel like, I, I, it's not even about the organization. It's about the action that Black Lives Matter. Okay, this is not people and what their ideals are. We need to get on board with shit needs to change. Okay, get that out of the way. Number two. Oh, you want to say something on it? Oh, I was just gonna say. I guarantee you, this guy has no idea what Marxism actually is. So I don't either. Just... Um. Well, that's why you're not saying anything about it. Exactly. (laughs) And secondly, um, most importantly, as a Christian man who loves Jesus, right, I don't understand the – I don't kneel uh, before anyone but God. Bro, when I proposed to my wife, I got down on a knee. Right when we were in God little league, pissed. and someone got hurt. Yeah, exactly. It would, it would. So in little league, someone got hit. You were supposed to take a knee. Like, there's plenty of times when someone's on the ground, you take a knee. It's not. Yeah. You only worship God. Kneeling is not a sign of worship. It's a sign of respect. Soldiers kneel at the at the graves of their fallen so uh, at their fallen brothers. That's the whole reason why when Kaepernick went from sitting to kneeling. Yeah. So it's not an act of worshiping. It's an act of respect of you know hoping someone gets better in the case of injury or of loss of whatever you know the the situation calls for active respect for you know getting married i respect you I, yeah it's active yeah, this, you know what i mean it's this just is fucking he's a loser as far as i'm concerned I yeah don't... it's and it's it's a little disappointing especially because you know as as we've talked about i followed i follow a lot of people um, in the minor leagues, I followed him since he was the the, the ace starting pitcher for the San Jose Giants, um, thinking he was going to be a starter. Ended up getting hurt trying the bullpen. He seems to look really good, but it just sucks, man. You know, when you follow someone for years and then they say something stupid like that. Um, I don't hate him. I don't wish him unwell, obviously, but I just think, dude, you need a reality check. Yeah, no. Look, I, look I, outside I, your fucking window, dude. Like. Just yeah, because no one's nothing's going on in your world doesn't mean shit's not going on. Yeah, I, I don't wish him unwell either. I just wish that he will take a more open-minded approach to things, and maybe maybe he yeah. will because I know he's facing a lot of backlash, but I'm sure he's getting a lot yeah. of support of like-minded yeah. people. So he'll, he'll get knows? he'll get invited on Fox. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, he'll be sitting um, down with Sean Hannity. You know, sometime <laughs> soon. So <laughs> yeah, the people that say, "Hey." Players need to stay out of politics. This is bullshit. Yeah. And then one Shut person and stands up for it. Yeah. yeah. And then when they stand up for what they believe in, it's like, oh, it's just so refreshing. Let's talk. Let's hear about your views. I want to hear it. Sam Coonrod, National Patriot. Yeah, That's, exactly. that's going to be the tag. Oh, God. Um, yeah. But we can talk about this all day, man. So some breaking news in baseball. As we woke up yesterday, we saw, and it's continuing through tonight, Marlins players and traveling personnel have been testing positive for coronavirus coronavirus i believe the tally now is around 19 and 14 coronavirus it's getting so real. Fifth, half of the active 30-man roster is tested positive mlb has now postponed their games their game. until at least monday and the phillies games until at least monday and now the orioles and yankees are going to be playing each other starting tomorrow i believe yeah Wednesday. it's it- they're ruining everything for yeah everything. dude imagine if the marlins are the ones who fucked this up you know what i mean like just yeah honestly can we just tell them listen let's just give them whoever's playing the marlins you get all wins okay you know you play the marlins 10 times we'll go eight and two all right and, and keep on fucking moving marlins have no no skin in this game and i think the 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 greed of robert manfred and the greed of all the owners will actually be an asset in this instance because they will not shut the season down for this. I think they would yeah. first remove the Marlins from yes. the, the from the league for this season before they cancel the season. And with yeah. the 60-man and them being able to just sign players, 
I think they'll be playing games again next week. Yeah, you know, but I think so I, too. I think it's important that something like this happened at the beginning of the season. It's unfortunate. Yeah. I wish it would have never happened. But now exactly, I think yeah. a lot of more people are going to take it seriously and realize when you're on the road, it's go to the hotel, go to the ballpark, come back to the hotel, and that's Don't it. go to the fucking lake, dude. Yeah. No uh, one goes in a boat with anyone yeah. without masks. Just, just don't do it. Yeah, if it was the Yankees or the Astros or the Dodgers or, you know what I mean, like then it would be a really big issue. But, you know, hopefully this is just the only hiccup. And if there's any other hiccups, it's just small, controlled. When we get the season going, I can prove you wrong with the Giants contender for a wild card game. I my yeah. Chipotle when they win 20, over 20 games. I'm happy. I mean, be great. Yeah, you're, you're fifth of the way there, so. That's all we need, baby. Yeah. So now we're going to jump and do something we've been really excited to bring you guys. Uh, this week, we do have an interview with someone who's currently on the Dodgers, the taxi squad. Taxi um, squad. Dodgers utility player. If you guys have been watching spring training, the inner squad games, the exhibition games, you know him. You've seen him. You know, he has a great swing. He can play five positions, so he fits that Dodgers mold, and he was Dude's nice making Willie sit. Mays catches in, in the in, – in the uh, like it ain't no back thing. of the infield. Like it ain't no thing. Like I'm, I'm a no sucker thing. for infield defense, so I, I I love that shit. I can't get enough of it. All right, guys, it is our pleasure to introduce our guest this week, 2016 33rd round pick from Central Michigan, Mr. Zach McKinstry, utility player for the Los Angeles Dodgers. To Zach, so coming off, you know, your sophomore year at Central Michigan, did you have any idea about your draft status? Because I did see an interview where you said your college roommate was actually the one that told you that you were drafted. Is that true? Uh, I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was watching it on Twitter because at the house I was living at in the Cape, I don't think they had, I'm not sure if they had cable or not, but we weren't really watching the draft, uh, just getting tweets and stuff. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, so this guy, I would, his mom actually passed away a few days before this happened. So he was really pumped for me. Like, you know, something good in his life happened and like, it was pretty exciting. Um, but then my agent called me like right after it happened and, uh, heard from him obviously. And then went on to, for like a month negotiation, basically just letting them sign everybody else. And then I finally signed like four days before the, the cutoff day. So you said you, were you playing in the Cape Cod league at the time? Is that what was going on? Yeah, I had like two games there. Okay. And then I was there for like a week and a half. So so before that, you know, once your sophomore season ended, did you have an idea that you would be drafted or were you thinking maybe you'd be a free agent signee because you were drafted in the 33rd round like we discussed earlier? Um, yeah. Did you have any idea? Uh, I wasn't sure. Um, I mean, I had an advisor at the time and he was like, well, there's a few teams that are interested, but it's going to be late. I guess we got some, like, he got some interest in, like, the 15th round, and I just kind of dropped all the way down to, like, the next day, basically. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just because not much exposure. Um, the Dodgers guy that drafted me actually saw me just that year because the year the that year the Dodgers scout was actually having issues with family. So they had to, like, go on and get a different uh, – have a different scout, like, on in our area. So – uh, that was, I guess, I mean, he watched, like, he showed me video of me playing in probably five games the year that he drafted me. So I, I've seen this video kind of circulating around Instagram, and it was the Central Michigan baseball field covered in snow and ice and someone ice skating out of the dugout. Where Was that someone on your team? Do you know who that was? Chase Rowlin. Actually, um, his brother was a walk-on my freshman year with me as a freshman. And then really? he was uh, two years. I think he was – he came in when I left. But, yeah. So, so you know, <clears throat> with the season starting, like, in March, and, you know, talking about lack of exposure, do you guys get snowed out a fair amount of the time at Central Michigan? Our coach is very stingy, so it was hard to get snowed out at Central Michigan. <laughs> uh, I mean, there was, there was days where we were chipping ice off the – picking ice off the field. I was driving the Gator because I was like, I'm playing 14 innings today. I got to stay in the warmth and I have the Gator driving around the outfield and we're shoveling snow off the field. So you were happy that you were drafted in California then? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) You don't have to worry about ice ever. With that logic, I mean, you guys probably played in 20 degree, you know, sub 20 degree temperatures. I mean, getting one in on the hands, I mean, that just must be terrible. 
Because I've only oh, yeah. we've only played baseball in California and like Arizona, <laughs> so I have no idea what you're talking. You know. So speaking of Central Michigan, there's been a lot of talk, you know, since spring training and since summer camp, how at Central Michigan you hit no home runs your two years there, and last year between Double A and Triple A, you hit 19. Was there any sort of, you know, strategic maneuvering to change your swing to unlock more power or is that just something that kind of happened um I mean when I was at college I kind of had to adapt to what the coaches really wanted so they really wanted you know you to take the first pitch of the first like your first about of the game like we were not allowed to swing at it um so we were basically battling from there trying just trying to get a hit Mm -hmm. and uh you know so our our philosophies were a little different in college uh looking back on them, don't really agree with them now. Like obviously with professional pitchers, you got to treat them a little different. Every pitch counts. Um, so yeah, with college, uh, I mean, you're battling from behind a lot. A lot of teams in the conference already know that you're, you're taking a pitch at first at bat, even late in the game, like, (laughs) Hey, the coaches, you're, we're down. And our coaches like, take a pitch. I'm like, all right. It's like the eighth inning. You get a fastball right down the middle because they know you're taking a pitch. Mm. Uh, but it was tough, you know, uh, just dealing with that. And also like, they always got mad if you pulled the ball. So like a ground out to second base was like the worst thing you could ever do as a left-handed hitter. <laughs> really? Uh, so it was, so I, yeah, you couldn't do that. And it was just, uh, it was pretty, <clears throat> pretty strict. I mean, by my sophomore year, by the end of the year, they kind of trusted me and let me, uh, swing at the first pitch and then, uh, I started hitting a little more double, some more doubles. And, uh, I think I hit a few balls off the top of the wall, uh, at central, the wind's blowing pretty hard across the field. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was tough to get him out of there. Why were they so against you pulling the ball? Were you getting shifted on in college or that was was kind of their philosophy? Yeah, that was their philosophy. That's, we had a big, I mean, we had a guy named Daniel Jipping. He was probably all six, three. 225 pound just straight muscle and he was a guy that in BP they wouldn't let him pull the ball he had to hit line drives the other way uh I mean that's just how they rolled it was just one thing you had to do and uh just kind of adapt to it if you want to play and if you don't want to play you sit on the bench and watch us hit the ball the other way and score runs that way (laughs) (laughs) so just hit the ball hard that that that's been your new philosophy hit the ball hard yeah yeah I was hoping there was some sort of like you know Something that you can give us to where we can start hitting home runs in softball leagues. <laughs> Your secret stuff. <laughs> Something, but there's, there's nothing like that, is what you're saying? No, it's definitely hard work in the cage. And a lot of those Dodgers, you know, hitting coaches, been around Aaron Bates for four years now. The first year that I was in Great Lakes, he was there uh, working with me and uh Craig, Craig uh, Waldenbach, I think that's his last name. Uh, he's like a guru of hitting. So mm-hmm. he was there every year of my career so far. And, you know, at the first, you're like, who's this guy? Like, why is he telling me? I, you know, I already was here. And then <laughs> yeah. you kind of do some research and you're like, oh, this guy kind of knows the stuff. I should probably start listening to him. And uh-huh. the things he says are just like he, he like talks about martial arts and like how to use your body and stuff like that. Getting your body in the right position to do different things. Uh, really made me open my mind up to hitting and uh, just, you know, taking it from, oh, I'm just trying to put the bat on the ball to my body needs to be here so I can make a certain swing. It's such a contrast from what you're getting in college. Cause what I was going <laughs> to say, like what was going on in central Michigan, it just seems kind of like such an old school mentality, yep. uh, you know, not pulling the ball, take the first pitch, <clears throat> just kind of, I don't know, kind of old school. So yeah. when you were at Central Michigan, were you were you playing second base or were you playing shortstop? I started every game at shortstop except for one in my okay. sophomore year. So so as a natural shortstop, what has it been like coming to the Dodgers organization with their philosophy of pretty much everyone has to be able to play at least three positions? Everywhere. Yeah, so <laughs> I know – I mean, you're playing – you're able to play second, short, third, and both corner outfield spots. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So what, what has that transition been like, you know, kind of expanding your positions? Yeah. So and my goal is always to get as many bats as possible. So in a season, especially when I first started coming up, I was a 33rd rounder, didn't get many chances. So 
just had to do what I had to do to get in the lineup. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it started kind of in college baseball first summer, uh, right after my freshman year. Um, we had a guy from Florida, a shortstop from Florida, um, a shortstop that was there the year before me. So I was kind of third guy on the depth chart. And then we had a second baseman that went to St. John's. And, uh, so I kind of got pushed to the outfield, played some right field, played some left field, uh, did kind of the corner thing. I hit really well, made the all-star game. And and at the all-star game, I played second base (laughs) and I didn't play. I maybe played your own team. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even play second on my own team. So it was, uh, that's kind of where it started. I was like, yeah, I mean, I, when I was younger, I caught and I moved to outfield a little bit. Um, and then once I started like developing into like getting older, like probably, I think I was 12 the first time I played shortstop and then, uh, kind of, uh, manifested itself into almost every day, uh, high school started every game at shortstop as a freshman all the way up through senior year. Um, but yeah. So what, when you came to the organization, when you're coming up through the minors, is that something that they tasked you with or did you kind of just let it be known to everyone that, Hey, I can play put me anywhere. Second. I yeah. Do whatever I mean, want. first team all state. I can put the ball wherever I want to. I'll make it rain out here. Were they, were they kind of tasking you with that or were you kind of pushing that to them? Well, the first time I, uh, rolled into Midland, uh, with the loons, uh, they already had a shortstop, Brendan Davis, and then Omar Estevez was our second baseman every day. So going there, it was just like, all right, I'm going to play third base. Cool. Like, that's what I had to do to get in the lineup. I'm going to do it. And uh, so it kind of just started from there. And then one of the catching coordinators came up to me. He's like, you know, if anybody ever go like, we get two catchers that go down, we only carry two catchers, you're going to be in there. Like, just so <laughs> you know, you might have to get a catcher's glove too. <laughs> Did it happen? No, it hasn't happened, but oh, okay. he's our AAA coach now, so uh, maybe maybe one day. Yeah, well, ho- hopefully you won't be having to go back there. Hopefully, but you're yeah. se- you're seeming like you're you're coming up, and that's that's one thing I, I I'm I'm really curious on, you know, because you're kind of like in the you're about to be called up, and like you know the Dodgers are, are an organization that kind of moves a lot of players from AAA to the big leagues, all that kind of stuff. Like, is there like what's like the biggest I guess like the the thing that you're looking forward to not having to deal with if you're able to stay in the big leagues. Um, oof. Uh, the bitterness and triple A. <laughs> the bitterness uh, from from other players. Like when I got the OKC okay. last year, we weren't playing very well. I think mm-hmm. they won six, maybe seventy two games, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure they didn't have a winning record, so probably less than that. But. Mm-hmm. Um, like we were in one of the last place teams and it was just very bitter. The team wasn't getting along with each other. It was just like, we, we brought up a whole guys, a whole bunch of guys up from double A and mm-hmm. they ended up, do- we all ended up doing pretty well, but um, yeah, the team camaraderie wasn't, wasn't great. And that's, I don't look forward to that ever. <laughs> yeah. I think it's more like when, when you're up, it's just like, Hey, we're here to win, like whatever you could do to help us win type deal. That's what we've been hearing at least. So, yeah. um, and to, to, to speak on, you know, I guess it, coming up, same thing. Um, I, I'm someone who's really interested in, like, top 100 prospects. I kind of follow that whole thing and follow minor leagues really, pretty closely in the Giants organization, at least. And I've always wondered, is, like, the top 100, like, prospect list, right? You know, like, when you look at when – I, when I looked up your stats, you know, um, like, it looked like you deserved to kind of be one of those guys. You've always had pretty good stats and your stuff looked really good. Is that something that, like – guys think of like I'm a top 100 guy or is it like bug does it bug you that you're left off that list no it definitely doesn't bug me to be left off that list at all um that's a prestigious list like those guys are you know super elite like very Mm -hmm. good athletes and uh they deserve to be on there and uh you know at the end of the day it's just it is what it's just another list that you know Mm -hmm. you get to prove wrong and you get to go out and compete against those guys and you know, show them what you're actually about too. And, you know, on a, I mean, daily, day basis, it's just, it's, it's just a list. And uh, I mean, at the end of the night, there's going to be, a, there's going to be a game hero and there's going to be a team that lost, you know, mm-hmm. so it is what it is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, when you, have you ever encountered, you know, you don't need to name names, but 
those people that are on that list i mean is no, there like fuck a, name some names let's get into some <laughs> dirt right now <laughs> is there like is there like a certain arrogance or kind of ego of you know someone who's kind of top in the minor league ranks in the organization or across different organizations that you may come across i mean does that ever come up like some guy hot dogging it because they're the top 100 prospect or something uh you can definitely tell like uh i mean the lifestyle's way different like if you get drafted high in the draft you're not living like like you know a grind like a minor league grinder per se right right because mm-hmm. uh, of because the bonus yeah because the bonus like you you basically if you get if you probably get over anything over a hundred i mean probably 500 grand you're you're gonna live pretty good in in most yeah. places yeah i could imagine i mean i can't imagine but I've heard, I've heard, <laughs> right. I've heard people say that's a, yeah. a, an easy amount of money to live with. Yeah. I've definitely lived with six guys in like a three bedroom apartment in Cal in Rancho. Another thing too, like when you hear, I mean, I'm not sure exactly how active you are on Twitter, but like, you know, when the negotiations were happening and you know, you hear like fans saying things like, Oh, they're just pampered millionaires. They don't know what it's like <laughs> to struggle. Yeah. Do you just, it's just kind of like a thing like these motherfuckers, like if they only knew, <laughs> Or it's just like I don't even pay attention to these dudes, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't really pay that much attention attention to Twitter, but I kind of. So there's no burner. No, no, no burner. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, you know, we we've had a couple prospects on recently, and one of the questions we've been asking them, um, you know, while you're coming up through the minor leagues, because a lot of people don't know, you know, kind of how bare bones you're living what would you tell fans that come out to a minor league game if they wanted to help players? We've heard people say, bring like Chipotle gift cards for the players. <laughs> um, I mean, what would you tell fans to bring out just to, to help these guys? Cause I mean, they're making, you know, far below minimum wage, like poverty line stuff. Um, so we're, we're trying to kind of get some awareness around that to help these guys out. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, gas money. <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, stuff like that. It's just, it's uh, definitely meal, like cards of for food. Definitely with the Dodgers, we don't really get limited to the food as much just because we're kind of, you know, the organic thing with Gabe Kapler when he was here. And now it's you know, <laughs> trickled down to like, it's pretty good food. It's not all organic anymore. It's just good food. Uh-huh. In general. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, I mean, with other organizations, they're eating peanut butter and jellies before the game. Uh, they're making, you know, cereal in the, in the clubhouse. Uh, the clubhouse managers have to cook them food. Uh, we don't have that with us, but yeah, that's, that's kind of stuff that, I mean, that's a guy, a clubhouse manager isn't a guy that you, isn't a chef. Like he's there to, yeah. like, you know, do laundry and clean your cleats and do, yeah. like, get the grass stains <laughs> out of your pants. Like the last I'm- thing. I think of a, a clubby is to cook me food. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the I first mean, like, thing now that I think of a clubby is, you know, throwing out Chris Taylor, but that's, <laughs> that's a pretty rare occurrence. Uh, yeah. Chico's, many Chico's different. Chico's different. He's, he's, <laughs> he's an athlete. Yeah. He's in, he's in his own world. Yeah. He's yeah. the exception to the rule for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on, on the whole Chico situation? Like, I, I mean, cause he's a, are you like that close to him? Cause I mean, you haven't been up there that long. So like, do you have like a relationship with him or? Uh, just built shortly. I mean, I met him in spring training this year for the first time. Thought he was really a good guy in spring training. Mm-hmm. Just now you, he was around the guys. He was just really cool and really fun to talk to. And if I, if there's nobody around or whatever, but um, yeah, when, when he was playing with us, he was in the dugout with us with his mask on, just talking with us. Like, you know, he's just another guy that's just mm-hmm. hanging out with us. He has the coolest job ever. Super job. <laughs> yeah. <he is>. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, you know, I mean, obviously the Dodgers are super loaded with talent. I mean, even the clubbies got talent. <laughs> so being, being coming up in this organization and, you know, you're on the cusp of cracking the big league roster. Does it mean a little bit more to you knowing that you're about, you're potentially about to crack a roster that has three former MVPs, as opposed to cracking a roster that's a, let's say is going through a complete rebuild. I mean, that you're has to feel like a little I know bit. What you're, I know what you're getting at. You're a dick. So, yeah. You, <laughs> I'm not going to name, I'm not going to name teams, <laughs> Fuck but you, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, my buddy and one of my best friends from home, uh, growing up from like third grade. So he's a big Orioles fan. 
And he's like, dude, you could come over oh. and play with us tomorrow. Like, <laughs> we, we, like, we would love to have you kind of thing. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I think that like playing with the Dodgers is like, if you break that roster and like you get in the lineup with all that talent that they have, just that gives you so much more of like an achievement feel like later in your career, you could use it to your advantage, all that stuff. It's, it, it's definitely really cool. Even, even playing with those guys, like, after I hit that home run uh, in the exhibition game against the mm. Angels, JT texted me. Like, that was probably one of the coolest things that's ever happened, honestly. That is super cool. That's so, cool. I have to ask, because during the broadcast of one of the inter-squad games, uh, I believe it was Nomar and maybe Jerry Harrison were talking about it. You got, you got a couple knocks off Clayton. And I know you probably didn't keep those balls because it's an inter-squad game. And that might look kind of weird doing it in front of your teammate, but did you like sneak back and like tell him the whole <laughs> so I, I know you did. I know you didn't keep the balls, but between but me and did you, you? Did you keep those balls? No, I didn't keep the balls. No. <laughs> I would have, but I guess I'm I just would, petty. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you like we were talking about. You're you're on the cusp of you know breaking the roster, um, and I'm sure your MLB debut is a moment that you've dreamed about your whole life. Is it going to be weird? I mean, I know it's going to be weird, but what? how weird, I guess, is it going to be having no fans in the stands? Your family's not going to be able to be there, which I know that would be a special moment for you and them. Um, so what that? what's that kind of like? And, you know, have you talked to your family about it? Um, yeah, I mean, briefly. Uh, it's just, you know, hard times. You can't really do much about it. I'm not a guy that's going to go and – push for my family to be there, be special, uh, to have them there. Uh, I know it is special, but, uh, just with the hard times right now, I don't really want them to travel. Um, so yeah. it's, yeah, just, it's hard, but I mean, we have FaceTime, you know, you get to talk to them after the game, just like you would, if they were there, you don't get to hug them, but, uh, right. but yeah, maybe mean, just you set up your phone in the dugout, you know, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'll have a, put them in one of the phone. cardboard cutouts or something. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think my dad, my dad, and my grandpa got some cardboard cutouts for Dodger stadium so they can say they were oh, there. If I that's do really get, cool. to, get to play out there this year. That is pretty yeah. cool. I was super bummed because I wasn't going to get one. Then I was like, Oh, I'll get one, but I wanted to put it in the bleachers, but now they're not taking any in the bleachers, I guess. <laughs> so when Will Smith hit that home run and almost knocked that kid's head off, I was just like, damn, could have been me. me. It could have been <laughs> my head that fell off. Now I look like a total nerd. Like, this is so sad. That should be me. Jeez. <laughs> so what, as far as being on the taxi squad, you know, the differentiation, the differentiation between being on the active roster and the taxi squad, what does that mean as far as during game time? Are you guys going to be – you're not going to be suited up. Is that correct? Oh, uh, I'm not sure. Um I think we get to suit up and then we sit like in the bleachers. I'm okay. not sure. Uh, not a hundred percent positive. But I mean, everyone else who's not starting is also going to be in those kind of extended dugouts, right? That's how right. it's been the last few days. Yep. <clears throat> so you're, you're only able to, to, to play if someone goes on the basically like has like symptoms or something. Is, is that what I'm understanding? Um, I think I can just be, I don't know. I think I got to be activated like the night before. Uh, okay. And someone else has to be de- has to be like IL or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Does it have to be the the COVID IL or could it be you know if someone goes down Just with like a hamstring one. pull, could they activate That's, you or is it specifically I, COVID? I think I think I can go up for either either or. It's such a weird dynamic, you know. You're. Yeah, because so as baseball close. fans, you're getting so many new rules and so many like <laughs> so many new things, like just like. Dude, playoff expansion, like, day of. And I was like, oh, and then, like, we were dreading it because we're thinking it's what they were talking about, you know, uh, in the off season with, like, you're picking your own team uh, and then, you know, the first round buy and stuff. So, like, it turns out it's not as bad as we thought it would be. It's still bad, but it's not as bad as, you know, fans thought it would be. So it's, like, it's hard to keep everything straight, even if someone who's, like, checking everything, you know? <laughs> Definitely, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they sent out an email today and saying, like, all these different, you know, they're telling us to look back at the rules and stuff. They're like, well, there's so many that, you know, it's it's really hard to, like, go back and read all. Of, like, it's like 100, 100 pages, like, that you have to read and to see all of them. It's like, bro, is it, 
is there like a movie I could watch instead of reading this? Like, right. Yeah, there, on, there was a 30 minute video that they showed us and it had like maybe 10 rules on there. And <laughs> I, mean, I don't even think they're, they've been following those rules, but it seems like there's a little bit of making it up as we go along as we, yeah. you know, kind yeah, of we're still learning saw, everything, you know, saw yeah. the, the press release about the Marlins and it's just, yeah. We we don't have to get into that, but um, you know now that you're you're almost here, I think the big question that Jesse and I want to know is: Is there a big league pitcher in your mind that you want to hit a bomb off of? That would just <laughs> no matter how long or short your career would be, you would have that memory forever. Uh, probably like Max Scherzer. Just because, you know, he's just so, uh, I don't know why, but yeah. Because he, he's pretty much a shit. He's elite. He's great. He's a great. He's a great. He's pretty decent, I guess. I don't know. I think, I think a lot of Dodger <laughs> fans want to see you knock knock some home runs off the Astros. but I was going to say, I, yeah, I, I was hoping you were going to say Zach Brankier, like, Verlander. Justin Verlander. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Ver, well, Verlander's Especially, out. but Yeah, yeah. But maybe later. A, maybe I later. I think there's a chance yeah, exactly. Granky could Come start back. on Wednesday. So, but Granky wasn't there t- during 2017, so I don't think it'd be as, you know, oh, face it would still type, be good. You know? It'd still be good. It's stop, good enough for you. Stop, stop ruining it. <laughs> stop ruining it. Just <laughs> save. the today, and he was saying that, or well, we, I wasn't talking to him, but it sounds like that um, he wasn't there in 2017, so he's not gonna, he's not gonna go about it. Like a, not? like a lot of people, like a lot of family, like a lot of Dodgers fans want him to see. And that's yeah. what, you know, with the way the starting rotation lines up is we're getting Walker Walker and then we're getting Dustin May. And when I saw that, I was kind of like, damn, like they have no horse <laughs> in this race, really. Like it's not <laughs> yeah. as personal for them. Like, damn, like we're going to have to wait. Walker all wasn't there. He came up in September that year, but that was it. He wasn't on the postseason yep. roster. Really? Yeah. Gosh, I don't. Uh, I didn't. Yeah. Fuck me. Okay. That's why you know Rich Hill needs to get DFA. Need to sign him real quick. Have him play <laughs> one game against the Astros, and then we'll, we'll call it a day. Yeah, that um, dude grunts too. You'll you'll hear everything he does. I and that's it would make it so good, but no, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I feel like it's just not gonna be what Dodgers fans wanted it against the Astros anyway this year, just because of no fans and. You know, yeah, they'll, you'll get you'll get a chance next year, Zach. I, I I believe, and that's that's one thing too. I mean, I would love it if you hit a home run off off the Astros. That's one thing I feel like I'm allowed to get behind. Oh yeah, definitely. That'd be that'd be awesome, especially in mid and May. That'd be even better. So Zach, what's like the main thing that you're into besides baseball? Like, if you weren't, I mean, I guess you could just talk just in in hobby, and also like if you weren't, you know, a baseball player, what would you be trying to do? Um, so a hobby of mine is definitely like going to the lake, uh, having campfires kind of thing. Uh, and then like hunt, uh, not hunting, uh, hiking. Uh, I'm a big hiker, like in Arizona. Uh, I've lived down there a lot. So we try to find like all these little, like, like, uh, little ponds and stuff like in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the desert. And you can just go there and like, you know, hang out and, uh, jump yeah. off some rocks, off some, uh, oh, that's the, tight. Yeah, yeah. yeah, float the river, salt river. I like to do that a lot. Um, you know, just hiking and all that, just seeing nature. Hiking, dude. I just, uh, you just always we see snakes. For I it. just don't, fuck, I don't fuck with snakes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like a couple times, I've like, I've like gone hike, hiking with my wife. Like I tell her all the time, like, honey, like if we see a snake, I'm taking whatever's closest to me, a rock, whatever. I'm throwing it. I'm gone. Like you need to be close to me. You need to be behind me because I'm leaving. I'm not saving you from a snake. That's well, it. She doesn't. She doesn't <laughs> want to be close to you because if she's the closest thing to you, you're gonna push her into the snake. And then I'm go not gonna push her. Pair. I don't know. On. You don't, don't know. seem very That's, trustworthy. I, I just can't do it, dude. I just don't. I don't know. Hiking, dude. I'm not not a huge fan. I'm, I'm glad get, that you like. Yeah, you gotta get like a hiking stick. You have to always find a stick. Okay. Or the walking sticks. Just yeah, make sure yeah, you're like, like sharpen it at night, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yep. <laughs> Dude, I, I got you. My girlfriend is actually, no joke, she's whittling one, like whittling a design into a walking stick right now. So there you go, Jesse. That's awesome. Pay okay. me like 300 bucks. 
I'll <laughs> mail it to you, and then you're good. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, Zach, what you're saying is, if you weren't a baseball player, you'd be Bear Grylls. Um, no, I'd probably be. Uh, I, I really, growing up, wanted to be like a Navy SEAL, um, doing that oh. kind of stuff. Uh, my dad was in the Navy for nine years, so uh, my and my grandpa was in the uh, Coast Guard, so kind of runs in the blood a little bit. So uh, definitely something with the the armed forces. Just serious shit, man. That is that's, that's crazy. crazy. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just watched something about the Navy SEAL and going through buds, and it's really fun to watch someone else go through that because you're just <laughs> like, man, that looks really tough. Like, I could probably do it though, but like, I'm not going to. <laughs> like, <clears throat> it's so crazy. Just the stuff they do in the pool. Like, I would have a panic attack so fast with my hands tied behind my back, think I'm going to drown. No way. So well, that's part of you. the part of the training is you have to be able to drown. And then they, they bring you back. <laughs> you have to be a- – wait, hold on. Did you just say you have to be able to drown? Like you like yes. yourself that You yeah. die when you drown. You basically – yeah, you so you swallow water. And when you, you breathe in water, they make you breathe in water, and then they bring you out and back like, – back So out you're ironborn you're, is what you're saying. Yeah, basically, yeah. Is that a Game of Thrones reference? <laughs> yeah, it Thrones is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Game of Thrones, though, do I? No. Oh, it's called Blooded Up in Westeros, dog. That is. <laughs> Jeez, that's insane. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. You have to be able to die, and then we might it, let you in. Yeah. So, like, the whole thing with the Navy SEALs is just trusting your brothers, basically. I don't know yeah. if I could. Tr- I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't trust Tyler enough. Like if, if Tyler's like, "Hey, listen, I'm gonna need you to swallow this water." I'm like, "No, dude, fuck you!" Like I'm not swallowing <laughs> dude, water. I was super certified back in 2013. That's what I I don't fine. even trust you to save me there. I used so, to work with children. You're fine. I mean, Come above on. above multiple reasons why I can't be a Navy SEAL. That's another one of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the fact that me walking up the stairs, I'm sweating. Like yeah. that's. I'm like, no, look at me fact- right now. I'm sweating <clears throat> now, just sitting here. The fact that you consider that a hike, whereas Zach's <laughs> climbing up mountains and he considers that a hike, that's, yeah. the, that's the difference. Yeah, your hike, my hike was around my side yard. I had to walk through it. It was crazy. <laughs> and then I saw a snake and my wife died because I broke <laughs> it. But anyways. <laughs> really interested in like uh, like crazy minor league stories. Do you have anything like out, like out of the uh, ordinary that happened to you in the minor leagues? Mm-hmm. Or just someone, one of your teammates? Well, we had a hail, hail out. It hailed okay. in uh, uh, Midland, Texas. And okay. uh, that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> not really, but <laughs> another one, uh, probably living in like the clubhouse, stuff like that during like the postseason because our lease was up. <laughs> oh, wow. So we, we found like a little back room. Well, obviously, we knew about it before, but. We found a little uh-huh. back room and it got really dark. So we just threw some air mattresses in there and, and uh, slept in there for like, I think it was like 15 days. Cause we went on a, on a good run. <laughs> That's awesome. That's definitely different. You know, we take a, a few jabs here and there at certain people or places. And I'll, I'll start it off by saying Midland, Texas is by far the worst place in the United <laughs> States of America I've ever been to. Um, really? Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, so I don't know if that was your experience, um, but I just had to say that that was mine, and I'm curious to hear what you thought of Midland, Texas. Um, yeah, let's get definitely. in trouble. With, Texas is going to hate you no matter what because it's you yeah. know, Houston, whatever. Yeah, so you can just go at them. Who gives a shit? <laughs> um, well, one, Midland, Texas, yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, not only because uh, of the hail storm that we encountered there, but the pricing for food there is outrageous for a place that has like nobody there. Uh, it's like New York city. Like it's like you're eating in New York city. It's $22 for like a pizza. Like, a pizza. like so I, I actually yeah. heard from someone who lived there when I was visiting there that like McDonald's employees, they were making like $20 an hour because they're so the population is so little that well, they just are, you know, trying to pry anyone from another town across the way to work mm-hmm. there. So that totally yeah. makes sense that, you know, your double, yeah. your McDouble, that's a dollar is now $5 in Midland, yeah. Texas. Yeah. It's a, it's a very like a uh, oil rich comp, uh, city. Uh, so like all that, okay. that drives up all the pricing, like to live there is outrageous. Like 
for like a like a west texas area like it's not it's way different than what a lot of people think yeah i i feel this comes out but on every one of our pod like every single time we have a podcast we always end up talking about aubrey huff and we say fuck aubrey huff and then always we get to texas and we're like dude fuck texas mexican food it's so shot like I feel like it's not a podcast until we say those two things. Yeah, now now, now we're good. Now we can kind of <laughs> wrap up a little bit. Um, so the it, we're, we're about to get in the rapid fire questions, but something that just came across my mind is, you know, you said you traveled with the team to Houston. Is this the first time that you've traveled with the team, like, you know, on the, the chartered plane? Is this the first uh, time that you've done that? Yeah, it's, it's the first time, yeah. I mean, you seem very calm, cool, and collected, but like I'm over here just like freaking out for you. Um, oh my god! Oh my god! You know, so you know, just being in the you know at Minute Maid Park or at Dodger Stadium, wherever you're going to be, being able to warm up for the game with the guys, you know, is it going to be different for you? Is it? Are you going to be coming from like a different perspective? now that it's not an inner squad game or an exhibition game, are you going to prepare differently? Uh, no, not really. Uh, you know, just try to stay out of those guys' way because I'm not playing at night. So really all that matters is the seven o'clock game. So uh, getting those guys ready for that game and uh, just trying to stay out of the way as much as possible. Just, you know, listen in and don't talk very much is kind of what they've always told mm-hmm. me. So uh, especially <laughs> as, a, as a young guy, just, just try to listen as much as you can and, try to stay out of the way as much as possible man what a great teammate this guy (laughs) so you know zach just a just a few quick it's kind of our version of rapid fire questions i don't know why we call it that because you know you can give us an explanation because we're going to ask you for one um anyway yeah yeah. (laughs) we don't do anything right we're just kind of two guys (laughs) talking shit that's what this whole thing is that's what we like doing that's what Um, we do what who is your favorite ball player growing up uh probably Ichiro Suzuki like mm, modern times solid Good him answer. and uh probably like Ken Griffey saw him at the Red Stadium one time that was pretty cool so you're a Mariners guy <clears throat> uh not really <laughs> I like I like all their players just I don't really give a shit yeah, about them you know? yeah I'm more of it it was kind of I had to be an Indians fan because everybody in the house was an Indians fan so we watched the Indians a lot and uh yeah I mean I don't know. I didn't really like the players from the Indians as much as I like yeah. the other, the yeah. other teams. It's just so good. <laughs> what, what's been your favorite baseball career moment thus far? Um, probably, I mean, other than the, I guess, Great Lakes 2016 championship, I was a part of it. Just barely uh, got called off for the fly ball to end the, the last out. And then I went back there. To, or the year after that, and then the, also start off the year after that in Gray Lakes. So the fans love me there. <laughs> and it's close <laughs> to Central Michigan. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, also hitting hitting 19 home runs last year was uh, definitely a turning point in my career. And uh, so that was definitely really cool. Uh, hitting two home runs in one game in AAA last year, that was a first for me in my life. So that was also – a really cool moment. Favorite cereal? Uh, probably rice. That's what we're going to judge like the, you. Like. like the Fruity Pebbles, Rice Krispie, Fruity Pebbles, whatever that was like. Yeah. That's huh. acceptable. That's that's okay. Yeah, I think, I think I'll well, – I think we'll allow that. We'll allow that, we'll allow yeah. that one. I mean, <laughs> since you were talking about Rice rice Krispies, have you had the Rice Krispie treat cereal? Yeah, yeah. I've had it. Oh, my God. That thing is the fucking groundbreaking. Fruity, do it with the Fruity Pebbles. It's even better. No. Well, yeah. I think it's discontinued. I've been looking for it like my whole adult life, and I, I can't find shit. Well, yeah, I I think you have to make them. My, oh, my, really? Uh, we had a family friend that made them a lot, so grew up doing like the Fruity Pebble, like uh, Rice Krispie Treat thing. That sounds like a whole lot, man. When I'm just like, dude, I'm just going to get some Crunch Berries, dude. Call it a day. <laughs> just as good. I can't be expected to make something for myself. I ain't going to make an, shit. Uh-uh. Oh, come on. Uh-huh. Um. Who who's been your funniest teammate throughout the minor leagues or now on the big league club? Who's the the funniest teammate? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, probably Stevie Berman. Um, I mean, that guy is just 
you just look at him and he just, you know, makes you That laugh. sounds like a funny name. Yeah, he's a catcher. Uh, he's from like the uh, San Francisco area, but yeah, he's mm-hmm. hilarious. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, sounds like a great guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you would say that. But he plays for the Dodgers, so it's all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hate him already. <laughs> yeah, it, it puts him it puts him down a tier, but you know, I'll, I'll yeah. still root for the guy. Did you yeah. did you pick your walk up song yet, Zach? Um, I've had the same walk up song since like high school, so. Um, it's still in this uh, by BLB. It's easy to like sing when you're uh, you're like you know not in the box. So <laughs> yeah, that's why I do it. Oh, cool. Um, so so this is a question we ask every rapid fire, and I think it really shows our age because most people don't know how to answer, don't know which group is which. Uh, but Backstreet Boys are in sync. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, probably in sync. Thank you. Good. You, I think he's the first one to answer correctly here because there is one right answer. <laughs> yeah. and it's insane. I think we just had a streak. I think it's been a while, but it's been a streak. Yeah. yeah um, I, I mean, I think maybe just because this is the end kind of like rose their stock up a little bit and then JT cheated on his wife. So it brought him down for like a little bit. So maybe, I don't know. Zach, thank you so much for being on. You know, we appreciate your time and, you know, <clears throat> I'm super stoked to follow your career. You know, I'm, I think you're going to crack that lineup this year. I'm super stoked to see it. I know Jesse will be begrudgingly following your career as well. I re- like I said, I'll, I mean, one thing I think I'll get a hall pass on is, is Houston. So you you <laughs> rake in Houston or, you know, even when they come back to L.A. and you rake I, – I can root for that for sure. But you – I appreciate you coming on, man. And, and, and <laughs> yeah. you know, we'll be rooting – I'll be rooting for you in, in the way of, like, you know, fantasy. You know, I, I, want, you to, I want you to get yours, but just don't, don't hit, like, a game go-ahead RBI or something against oh, yeah. us. No, yeah, that's, okay. that's like me rooting for the Indians, but liking all the other players. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if it happens in Houston, good luck in Houston. But whenever it happens, good luck. And, you know, hope to see you next year at the Ravine when uh, fans can actually come back in the right. ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. Hear that. Yeah, man. Hopefully have, we can uh, have you back on sometime. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. After the year, after the seasons, whenever. Yeah, definitely, man. We'll get together. All right, man. We'll Stay safe out there, and uh, yeah, we'll be. I mean, technically, we, we don't hope that you play tomorrow because that means that something goes bad. But if it does, right. we hope you're the one who gets it. That's, that's, we hope, that's, it, that's, that's we hope it happens the way it's supposed to happen. There, there you go. Yep. We'll go with that. <laughs> that's what I've been telling people. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. All right, man. Good luck. Thank yeah. you for being on, and take it easy, brother. Yeah. See you guys. This episode was brought to you by Renovation Candle Company. Renovation Candle Company dropping the new fall collection. Monday, August 3rd, use promo code BENCHES for 20% off your entire order. Now free shipping forever. Always free shipping. No codes. What you see is what you pay. Renovation Candle Company. Unbelievable. If you don't buy candles, then you're just a piece of shit. Uh, You are really dumb. That's incredible. You are really dumb, for real. You are really dumb. (laughs) But if you listen to this podcast, you're actually very smart. We appreciate your... uh, your support. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Benches Cleared Podcast, Twitter at Benches Cleared B. Make sure to be adding us to be featured. Tell us your trash talk. We want to hear it. It's going to be a great season. We're really excited. We're going to have more guests through, uh, throughout this season. And thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you guys next week. I'm saying fuck Aubrey Huff. Yeah.